Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. I'm a chrysanthemum. And I'm a carnation. And this is our podcast, Bloom, where we've got all the daily flower news for you guys. Um, Today, I've photosynthesized at least four times. I don't know about Raven. Wow, you good on you, girl. I'm I'm like stuck on two. Yeah, I'm. I'm I was busy today. Um, mm, here we are. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I was busy fraternizing with some bees. Ooh. <laughs> I know. That's um. That's some tea right there. You have to. You have to tell me about it. Um. Let's see. What else do we talk about on Bloom? I I know some stuff about the birds. <laughs> about the birds. <laughs> And uh, the sun's been telling me secrets. I don't know if you do. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what? I've been getting some secrets from the uh, roots. Wow. Of the trees next door. Yeah. We've yeah, been, those we've trees been getting like, real they, close. They love to gossip. I don't understand. <laughs> they do. They do. I'm just kidding, you guys. I'm Alana. I'm not kidding. I'm actually a carnation. Oh. Okay, well, my co-host this week is a, is a carnation, so please be respectful. And this is our podcast, uh, Lumi and Carnation, where we have um, flowers for freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm kidding, too, guys. Although I'm, I'm not, not going to be a flower. <laughs> no, I wouldn't redo it. I'm not doing this again. You know what? No, you're, you're a carnation this week. You've said it. You're going to stick with it. Okay, um, I'm a carnation. That's where I am. <laughs> So we're going to continue on with our theme for this month. Raven, do you want to let the listeners know what we're doing? Historical figures. And it's it's been a pretty fun time so far. I've learned a lot about people that I never knew like existed, which is really sad to say. But it's really sad because like the people you um, chose last week had some really great accomplishments. Right. And I think I've got some that have some pretty good ones this week, too. So can't wait. Yeah, but I'm going to have you start Chrysanthem. Or not Chrysanthem. No, that was me, and I still said it wrong. <laughs> Can we go back to having you be Raven? <laughs> yes. I don't like this joke anymore. <laughs> this bit got hard. <laughs> My brain can't handle it. <laughs> Five seconds later. You know what? Uh... <laughs> On second thought. <laughs> you can just stay you. Okay. So well, go ahead and lead us off. Yeah, let me go ahead and start us off. I chose a subject that many people know about, but I feel like many people don't know about. You feel? Okay. So let me take y'all down to the beautiful world of Egypt. Do you want me to close my eyes? I mean, you can if you want to. You'll just be listening to me with your eyes closed. Okay. Okay, I'm going to close my eyes. you got to paint me a pretty weird picture, okay? Okay, I got you. All right. Desert. Ooh. Hot, dry sand. Why did you get an accent? <laughs> I had to. Hot, dry Hot, sand. dry sand. <laughs> All right, National Geographic, I see you. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, Egypt, so, who are we talking about? Your favorite... Egyptian queen, Cleopatra. You don't know me. She better be your favorite Egyptian queen. She was a boss. You don't know me. Anyways, let's get into this. So, like I said, we didn't really, I mean, okay, let me say we. I didn't really learn too much about her in school because I was too busy learning about the important people like Julius Caesar. Anyways, 
Um, I thought you called him Julia. I was like, all right. A Julia Caesar. Julia Caesar. The most beautiful woman in the land. <laughs> so at the very, very young age of 14, this Greek Egyptian, because she wasn't actually Egyptian. She was, um, she was Greek. Grecian? Grecian? Greek. Grecian. Grecian. Greek. Oh, how about, um, how about, how about eek? No, I don't think that's it. Eek. <laughs> this Greek Egyptian, <laughs> Cleopatra, became <laughs> co-ruler of Egypt. Her father was the current pharaoh and basically was like, hey, I think you're old enough to rule, but obviously I'm not going to give up my seat so we can be co-rulers. Sucker, you can't have my chair. This is mine. That's literally what he said. I'm hard for this. <laughs> so yeah, at the age of 14, she basically started becoming a queen. He like basically set her up all these classes and stuff and was like, hey, do your, do your stuff. So um, as you do, right? But upon his death in 51 BC, almost four years later, 18-year-old Cleopatra and her younger brother Ptolemy was just spelled with a P. Don't is ask it me like how. PT? Yes, is terrible. Ptolemy. I'm like, whose name is Ptolemy? Who is that? Her brothers, leave them alone. So um, at the age of 18, she became the ruler when her father died, and he became the co-ruler. Following family tradition, they also were married. However, neither of them really liked the situation because three years later, they were in a full-on civil war over who would be the ruling pharaoh. As you do. As you do. When you, you know, when you, when say, you married your 10-year-old brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. As, as it happens. As it happens. So, Ptolemy ended up winning and basically made Cleopatra flee into exile. Cut to a few years later. Cleopatra's back. She's chilling. You know, she's not very happy with her life, but she's alive. <laughs> Give me the throne. Literally. I would like the throne, please. I've been gone for three days. I've made up my mind. Want the throne. Right? Like, I don't want to give up to my 10-year-old brother. Excuse. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah. Cut to a few years later. Julius Caesar's enemy, Pompey, comes on down to Egypt to get some help from this uh, brand spanking middle school ruler. And as middle school rulers do, he... He proceeded to behead him to impress Julius Caesar. Yeah. To to impress so, the most beautiful woman in the land. It's Julia. Not Julia. <laughs> our fair so, lady Julia. <laughs> our fair lady Julia. So um when the big guy finally arrived, a couple of like months later, I think, Ptolemy was like, Wait, hey, wait, look wait, what wait. I did. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was he just holding on to the head, like, yes. as he waited for, for Mr. Caesar to show up? He was like, hey, look what I did. High five. <laughs> and Caesar was like, that's my granddaughter's father. What did you just do? Oh, And he was no. like, crap. <laughs> I take it back. I didn't do this. Cleopatra did. What's good? <laughs> What's good? <laughs> he does a dab as he's, like, running around. <laughs> as he's, he's leaving the throne room. Oh my goodness. This is literally like Spider-Man, like in charge. Like, what's good? Dab. <laughs> what's good? Dabs, whips, and runs. 
So, um, uh, meanwhile, Ptolemy knew that the real big mission of, like, while Caesar was in town, he had to keep his hot older sister away from the Roman cutie. So, so his hot older sister, Cleopatra? Yes. Okay. So he had to keep his hot older sister away from him. So he had her, like, locked away and guarded the entire time that Caesar was there. Oh, but Cleopatra, do? being the bomb woman she is, was like, nah. And had herself rolled in a rug and delivered to his rooms. <laughs> and it was basically Christmas for this 52-year-old Caesar when 21-year-old Cleo started seducing him. You know, right. as one does. As, yeah. as one does. Um, and it was basically the end of the story for Ptolemy, who was kicked off the throne the minute uh, Cleopatra and Caesar had, a, like, a little alliance. And, wow. yeah, after throwing a fit and starting to try another, trying, starting to try, that's hilarious. After throwing a fit and trying to start another war, he lost, thanks to Caesar's army again. And basically drowned in the Nile River. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Ptolemy did not have a good end. As you do. I, too, I, too, tried to start a second war. Right? With my big sister. (laughs) Who has seduced this 75 billion year old man. For his army. That's how old he was, right? (laughs) For his army. What I mean, come on. Cleo was like, I'm gonna need this thrown back. <laughs> you so. know, she, I told you, she came back three days later, said, I want the throne. And he was like, Ugh. so mm-hmm. she did what she had to do. <laughs> so, um, a year later, the two shared a baby, but then, um, and they moved back to Rome and all was good until her baby daddy got stabbed in the back 23 times. Yeah. And, and then she had you know. to flee. <laughs> and then it was a party. You know. Oh, I don't think anyone had a party. Nah. Listen, Ides of March, celebrate it every year. <laughs> I know I know you do. You see me talking about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Ides of March happened. Um, she was actually in Rome at the time when he was stabbed and she had to flee the city um, back on into Egypt. But Rome obviously ended up in a civil war. And then when Octavian and Mark Antony's team came out on top, Mark called up Cleo and was like, homie, where were you? And Cleo basically was like, hmm, I wasn't around. <laughs> uh, but... Don't worry about it. Stop asking questions. <laughs> Stop asking questions. Uh, I had a baby to protect. <laughs> but basically when Mark uh, showed up, Cleopatra like seduced him too and made him hers in like 1.5 seconds of him being in the country. <laughs> she so, said, ooh, okay, but you're cute though, come here. <laughs> so yeah. So they hooked up and they had an alliance and that one resulted in three children. So see, I'm beginning to think the word alliance means like a relationship. <laughs> I don't think this is a true reliance anymore. No, 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 no. I think it's more of an alliance and a relationship because um she clearly does not care about e- either of these men <laughs> oh yeah i feel like she's yeah. in it to win it no i i get it but also like the kids and like i understand but also like every man she gets involved with so far like it's been two for two <laughs> it has been two for two okay 
So we're here. Three children. Four children, technically. But who knows what happened to the first one. Four children. We didn't talk about them. I mean, he's literally named. It's like Cicerito or something like that. That's like it in Spanish, I swear. In Italian or in whatever language they speak (laughs) over there. I believe in you. (laughs) It's like Little Caesar. Which I think is hilarious. Pizza, but pizza. that's the baby's name. I swear to God, it's <laughs> now I have to go find it. So excuse me while I go find this. Like, listen, you can't just say Little Caesars and then not expect that's me to his say name. Yeah, that doesn't change the fact that there's a famous pizza chain called Little Caesar, ba- named after the baby. You know what I believe it. <laughs> you know what I believe it. That's why the that's why the pizza gets cut up because Caesar was stabbed twenty three times. Yep, that was why. Now you know. I, the more you know, man. This podcast. The more is super, you know. Is super knowledgeable. It's super knowledgeable. Okay, Caesarin. You said Caesarito. Caesarito is little Caesar in Spanish. Mm. Or it also could be cesarean, because I also think that's a shortcut for C-section. All right, we're getting into this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to what I was talking about. <laughs> so, cut to a few years later, and uh, Mark and Cleopatra are doing well for themselves. Great. But they end up at odds with Octavian. They fight him. They lose. And Cleopatra fakes her own death. Causing Mark Antony to do the entirely, like, completely justifiable action of stabbing himself in the stomach. As, as one does. As one does. So, after that, Cleopatra wakes up, because she's not dead. <laughs> Walks up to Octavian and is like, hey, are you going to be cool about all of this? Or are you going to be, like, a real big jerk? He was like, yeah, I'm going to be a jerk about this. And she was like, cool. So she annoyed a cobra until it bit her. <laughs> and she died. She said, ooh, okay, but, like, do we have issues? And he said, yes. And she said, bye. She said, see you later. <laughs> Don't talk to me. I'll be dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, Cleopatra's very interesting life. Goodness. That was a roller coaster. It is. Her life is a roller coaster. Um, some other really cool, interesting facts. She was into cosmetics, and she even wrote a book detailing remedies for things like hair loss and dandruff. Um, she also apparently bathed in milk every day to stay young looking. Good for her. (laughs) Her family situation was definitely not healthy. Well, before she was exiled by her 13-year-old brother's spouse, her father had her older sister executed when she tried to set a coup against him. And then later, after her husband rather drowned, Cleopatra married her other younger brother before deciding to actually poison him to death instead. She then executed her sister, just cause. She went on to co-rule the kingdom with her prepubescent son, who was strangled to death on Octavian's orders after Cleopatra committed suicide. Completely normal. Yeah, no. That just sounds like an average Thursday. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, everything's fine. We're that's fine just here. the everyday. That's just the everyday, once every two weeks kind of deal. You know what I mean? I get it. Look, Cleopatra doesn't play. Okay, she had a hurt <laughs> in the death of three of her siblings. She said, she said, 
<laughs> all or nothing, baby. Like, she literally did not care. She was ready to do what needed to be done. Let's let's just put it there. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it was really cool learning about her because like like I said, I didn't learn about her in school at all. Besides the fact that she was like a queen and her and Mark Anthony were like lovers or something dramatic like that. <laughs> something uh that we don't we don't care about. Yeah, I don't know. I knew there was like a war fought against her or something like that. I don't know. I didn't pay yeah. too much. My my school my school made a big deal out of the rug thing and then her killing herself with the snakes. That was like the big that was the big deal on her. I found out this other thing, like apparently she really liked making an entrance. So like the rug thing was one of her big things. And then she also when she met so that was when she met Caesar. When she met Mark Anthony, she like drove up in like this golden chariot. <laughs> Of like, course she did. <laughs> when, like, because why not? <laughs> like, her boat was, like, had, like, silver oars and, like, had so all these extra. giant, like, oh, it was extra. Like, she was you know dressed what? to the nines. I Apparently feeling... they had her decorated, like, um, like, she was supposed to look like Aphrodite. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, she went out. See, <laughs> she listen, went all look. out. Look, I'm I'm feeling a little bit of BCE, a uh, big Cleo energy. Yes, big Cleo energy. Everyone wants to be like Cleopatra. She's a gangster. Mm, I wouldn't say everybody. I don't think anybody wants to. I don't think anybody wants to be like Cleopatra. Yeah, I, I think people want to have the idea. <laughs> yeah, but I thought like that was all like, like Cleopatra was just kind of an idea to me for a really long time. So it was cool she's to like fake. get she into her she's she not is, real. She doesn't exist. Cleopatra was not real. She's kind of just like um I kind of had her up on the same pedestal as what's her face that started the Greek war. Um Hello of Troy? Yeah. Yeah. They were like in the same place in my mind. Oh my god. Well, slightly false. <laughs> <laughs> but slightly <laughs> real too. <laughs> when they're fake but still exist. When and they're confused. fake but still exist. I mean, Goodness. that's what you get when you work through like this period of history. Like a lot of it's just a lot of storytelling. It's because it's all like writ- halfway written down in exactly. languages that we yeah. don't understand. So it's like, so. Mm. we're just gonna make up half of her story. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, everybody here needs to. Needs to get some big Cleo energy and just do do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. Be in Take it out your it. siblings. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kill your siblings. Stop it. No. Listeners, don't listen to her. She doesn't know what she's talking Seduce about. Seduce 52-year-old men. <laughs> no. Even worse. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> we need you to, we need you to cease and desist. <laughs> Goodness. Hey, Alana, welcome to this episode's first segment. How are you doing today? I'm, you know what? I'm actually pretty good, Raven. Thank you for asking. May I ask how you're doing? I am doing excellent. Do you want to know why? Why? Because we're doing one of my favorite segments. Ooh, is it? It can't be why America sucks. We did that one last week. 
Um, I know. I say it, this is my favorite segment, like every segment, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> is it one of the ones that has a swear word in it? No. Mm. But you know me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, does it make you feel all nice and good after you hear about the deeds that have been done? It sure does. Is it good deeds? It sure is. Ooh, do tell. So for this good deeds, I'm going to take y'all down to, or up to, considering where you live, to Connecticut, to 580 people that got their freedom back. Would you like to hear what they did to get their freedom back? I sure would. I love freedom. I love freedom. I love hearing <laughs> about we all? people getting their freedom. It's such a nice, such a nice concept, but do tell. So it all started back in 2009 when a man named Philip Pavon, I think that's how you say his last name. It's a very cool last name, spelled nicely. Us in names. Anyways. Right? <laughs> we always get so caught up. So caught up in names. So he runs a pawn shop and, um, in Connecticut, and uh, he was trying to go through his inventory, you know, and, like, take go through stuff and get rid of things and try to make more room for stuff. And he stumbled upon these motorized wheelchairs. And they hadn't sold in a while, and because he was trying to make room, he decided to place an ad in his local paper and offer them up for free. So, within two weeks, he received more than 60 letters in response to the ad. It was then that he kind of realized that a lot of people who need motorized wheelchairs, their insurance isn't covering it because it's like $4,000 to $40,000, which mm-hmm. is insane Too for much. anything that someone like actually needs, you know? Right. Like, this person needs this to get around and do things because they're disabled for various reasons and their insurance won't cover it. So he kind of realized that a lot of people were suffering because of because they didn't have access to things. So, and some of the people that were writing to him said that they hadn't left their homes in like months or years at a time because they were elderly or no one, there was no one there to help them, stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was a, not only is he a cancer survivor, but he's also a Vietnam veteran. Oh, so, he, so he's got, he's got the two yeah, cards. He's got two cards. <laughs> so he totally understands what it's like to be in the situation, you know? Right. So he decided that, um, he was going to buy and repair and give away used wheelchairs. So he did that for like as long as he could, you know. And then he mm-hmm. started realizing that like a lot of the wheelchairs that he was getting there from they were like sitting in people's basements, you know, like they weren't being used. So he put out this ad and he kind of like started made a whole um like a charitable organization out of it it's called az's pawns gift of mobility and it's basically he people donate or sell their motorized chairs and he fixes them up and like gets them you know like looking good and new and then passes them along to people who like really need them without charging them for it so so sweet what the heck it's so sweet so he literally doesn't get any money for this like people are donating their chairs or he buys them and he tries to do it like around like a major event during the holiday seasons so sometimes they give away like a hundred chairs and scooters in a single day to people who have like really need them and people who have benefited 
are an, an elderly Holocaust survivor, a World War II veteran, a woman in her 20s with a rare degenerative disease, and a number of patients at local nursing homes and rehabilitation centers. So he accepts donations from March 1st to October 31st, and chairs and scooters can be dropped off in Norwich, Connecticut, or volunteers can also pick up unwanted chairs within like 40 miles of the thing. But like they try to give away more than 100 chairs during the holiday season. And he's like literally not collecting a dime for this. Like GoFundMe made him a hero because he didn't have a GoFundMe. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So he's just doing it yeah. out of pocket. He's literally doing it out of pocket. And he's got a goal of raising 50000 for collecting and repairing the chairs. But honestly, like he's not asking anything. Like he's not asking for anything except, you know, like, helping chairs to where they need to be you know right which i just think is really cool yeah that's actually like i don't know that's such a dare i say it it's a good deed right (laughs) like i just feel like with that type of mentality like a lot of things can be done if more people had it and i'm just very grateful that he's like utilizing it in a Mm -hmm. way that's like uncommon i guess you know what i mean like good for him yeah and i also really think it's helping the marginalized societies you know yeah and it's helping people who don't have access to things get to where they need to be to help them you know make their lives better and i think that's that's really cool that he's doing that so his name once again is um philip pavone so he has a gofundme campaign and they accept gifts or giveaways or um anything that you would like to give them from uh september 1st and you could also send in applications if you are in need of a chair um, starting September 1st, too. So, yeah, AZ's Pawn, go- pawn Lord. AZ Pawn Gift of Mobility. Really cool. Wow. So, not only is this a good deed, it kind of doubles as like a charity of the week, too. It kind of does, yeah. I'm here for this. I, his name is Philip. Philip, yes, Philip. Good, good for you, Philip. If you're, if you're listening, a high five and a smiley face to you. Like, no one asked you to do this and you're just out here That's doing, what I, yeah, doing your like, best. It wasn't even, like, no one in his family, you know? Like, no one asked him to do this. Like, what a pure person. Good right. for you, Philip. I, I support him with every inch of my soul. We get so emotional on good deeds. You expect me to not have my heart, like, feeling over good happenings in the world? Who do you think I am? <laughs> Who do you think I am? Goodness. Well, thank you for sharing your good deeds with the uh, with the class, Raven. I appreciate it. With the class. With the class. <laughs> no problem. I'm always happy to share some good deeds. Raven! What? I've got jokes. That's my intro. (laughs) It sounded like you were going to do a list. I was like, okay, and like, where's the rest of the list? You were like, I got jokes. And that's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I have no information. I don't even have a person this week. Oops. I've I've got jokes, though. (laughs) Well, get those jokes if that's all you got. All right. Well, they're chemistry jokes. So. Oh, God. I take it back. Listen, I tried to find, like, funny, funny chemistry jokes, 
And I think I win. Like, I think I won on this one. But we'll see. So, Raven, what do you call an acid with an attitude? Basic? No. Amino acid. Amino acid. You're cute. (laughs) (laughs) There's hyphens in there and everything. (laughs) There's hyphens in there and everything. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. And then I have a second one. And this one kind of relates to you in your current mood right now. (laughs) Okay. So I know you and the listeners all say, stop it with the puns. We've all sulfured enough. And to that I say, no. Get out. Sulfur. It's sulfur. No, get out. On the periodic table. Yeah, we all know what it is on the periodic table. Get out. It's sulfur. (laughs) All right, no, I'm not leaving because I have a person. I swear, I I, I came prepared. I promise. Ooh, so, what'd you come prepared with? I'm going to be talking about a chemist. Hence the chemistry, the chemistry jokes, the chemistry jokes, the doodles. Um, do you want to guess his name? Is it Pascal? No, but you got the first letter right. His name is Percy Julian. Ew, that's my brother's name. Yeah, I knew you would hate it. <laughs> Anyways, so, Percy LaVon Julian. LaVon? Oh, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> a man with two first names, which, like, immediately makes I him, like, the him. ultimate man. <laughs> like, well, hello there, LaVon. He's unnecessarily powerful. Like, no one told him to give, no one gave him permission to be this powerful with his two first names and wonderful middle first name. names so percy levon julian um he was born in montgomery alabama in 1899 and he was born into a hard-working family um his mother was a school teacher and his dad was a railway mailman and he was the first of six children And many would say that he set a good example for his siblings to follow. Um, When he was born, like, as you know, like, the 1800s was not a good time for African-American families, which he was. (laughs) So he was born into a time where racist, uh, like, comments and just, like, prejudice in general was explicitly, like, present due to the Jim Crow culture that was living within homes of many people. Um, which is disappointing, but you know, it, that's how it was back then. And he was even the grandson to a former slave. So those dark times were still very much there in his daily life. Um, public education was fairly common at this time. So like everybody was going to school, everybody was getting that education. Education. Yeah. You know, your educations. But education past the eighth grade for African Americans was not as common. So, despite this, um, Percy's family and like his parents pushed him and his siblings to continue on with their educations individually because like they didn't want them to not be successful. Um, like they wanted to make they wanted to have their kids make the best out of themselves and like the most out of themselves. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. Percy went to a university in Indiana called uh, DePauw. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. But um, he went there and he majored in chemistry, which was a major accomplishment since the school itself didn't really accept too many African-American students, like maybe just a couple. And even then, like, 
the segregation was still there. Um, this showed, or when he got accepted, he wasn't allowed to dorm at the college itself. And instead, he had to sleep in an off-campus boarding home. And his first few weeks there were not good to him. Like, he couldn't find food since no one would serve him. Like, he went days, like, his first couple days of on, on campus hungry because he couldn't find food. And he also f- struggled to find work to keep him sustained, which kind of sucks. But eventually, as most things do, uh, things got worked out. And he found work at a fraternity house. At a fraternity house. And because of his help, uh, the fraternity allowed Percy to sleep in the attic and eat, eat in the house. So he was able to oh, get, yeah, he was able to get proper housing and then a consistent food source. Um, when he graduated, he was valedictorian, which kudos to him. Um, and he was also a member of Phi Beta Kappa, which was the, um, the, fr- the fraternity that he was working for. And apparently after graduation, he taught chemistry at Fisk University for two years before winning an Austin Fellowship to Harvard University, where he completed a master's degree in organic chemistry. And after Harvard, he returned to teaching at West Virginia State College and Howard University. So he was just like bouncing. Yeah, he was all over the place. He made sure that he never stopped his education train because he, he was always like a part of a school somehow and like harvard back then like good for him i'm very proud um in 1929 julian traveled to the university of vienna austria to begin doctoral studies right like he he's a traveling workman (laughs) he is so he went there to begin uh, doctoral studies on the chemistry of medicinal plants and two years later with a degree in hand Right. Two years later, with a degree in hand, um, he and a Viennese colleague, Joseph Pickle, and I love his last name because Pickle. <laughs> that's that's the only explanation I have. <laughs> he said because Pickle. Like, I, this, what, what more did you want from me? His last name is Pickle. Of course, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, he and his colleague took positions back in the United States at Howard and two years later moved back to DePauw. So he's, he's just bouncing all over the place, I know. all over the globe. He's got a prestigious, like, uh, resume. Right. He's got connections everywhere though, because like at the end of the day, like all of this worked out for him. So I'm super happy for him. Um, so together they worked to create the first, uh, synthesis of the FISO. Okay. Of the physostigmine, which was an uh, an alkaloid that's used to treat glaucoma. And if you don't know what glaucoma is, do you know what glaucoma is, Raven? I do. It's an eye disease, and it's not fun. I know. Yeah. Listeners, don't get glaucoma. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. It doesn't, but don't do it. Um, so he, he found out this first, like synthesis of this alkaloid that was used to treat glaucoma and at at this point in his life like there was a boom all over the world in an attempt to try to find a cheaper way to synthesize steroids so there were um, a couple of German chemists that discovered that the steroid stigmasterol 
which Julian had obtained as a byproduct of the physostigmine um, synthesis, but was also obtainable from soybeans, could be used in the synthesis of certain sex hormones, including progesterone, uh, a female sex hormone that was important in helping pregnant women avoid miscarriages. So they're making these advancements with, like, this specific chemical and... Like, Julian already kind of knows about this, and he's like, oh, I understand that. So, he went to this company called the Glyden Company in Chicago, or he didn't, he didn't go there. He wrote a, he wrote a letter, because he's a, he's honorable gentleman like that. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he had a wax seal that he, like, stamped on there. Oh, you know he did. He's classy. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a fancy Harvard boy. I'm proud of him. Um, so he sends them this letter and he's like, Hey, I'm pretty familiar with these samples. Um, and I'm kind of interested in like the steroid research. Could you maybe slide some of that soybean oil my way? Like, I know you have access, you have to, right? And then instead of getting the oil, they gave him a job. <laughs> nice. Like working for them. I don't know, like the, the process that he went through to get get there but they were like hey you want this thing how about you just come work for us anymore (laughs) you listen that resume worked out for him they were like oh shoot this is percy percy levon julian he he knows everything (laughs) he's got two first names guys we gotta we gotta offer him the job so he they they wanted him to help research uh which i think is pretty valid because he's got a whole bunch of studies in in chemistry um and so after a few years of working at the Glyden company, Percy Julian learned that, um, like, on the actual, I guess, like, foundation or, like, the, the company grounds, um, they had, like, a, a tank where the company was keeping this, like, purified soybean oil. Weird. And, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. <laughs> you don't just keep your soybean oil everywhere? What do you mean? Nope. Don't. <laughs> Wow. You know what? Percy Julian would be disappointed. You I'm a good. He would, he would be. He would be. You don't You don't want a man with two first names to be disappointed in you. Come on. Oh, my gosh. So he he's talking to the workers, and he finds out that water managed to leak into these tanks or into one of these tanks, and it actually started to form, like, a solid white mass. And he's like, wow, chemistry. I know that. So then he goes in. And he investigates, and almost immediately he identifies the substance as uh, stigmasterol, which is what I mentioned before, which is like the the steroid um, mm-hmm. that the German chemists were discovering. And so he's like, "Ooh, all right, this is interesting." And so he he realized that he had accidentally. Technically, he didn't, but he realized that he stumbled upon a method for producing large amounts of the steroid, um, specifically from the soybeans. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have a lot of the oil and you just mix it with some water, like, immediately it's formed. So, this was a bake, a a bake through. (laughs) A bake through. He brought brought cookies to the job and he was like, guys, look, I'm a chemist. (laughs) Cute. I made these with my chemistry knowledge. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so this was obviously a breakthrough because although most scientists already knew how to like take this product itself and then turn it into a steroid, most weren't able to do it in 
like large amounts that yeah were able the bad to... like batches yeah, yeah. so because you know they're working in, in tiny little labs they've got mm-hmm. a they don't have much space to and then they also didn't know that you could just mix in some water like the gist this is literally one of the gist add water like products that just you find water. on tv <laughs> just add and water all your fun. problems are solved oh no it's just a steroid um so not only did Percy LeVon Julian help in the production of something that helped with cancers and pregnancies because like this um this steroid helped produce or like helped what like encourage the production mm-hmm. in the body of progesterone which is yeah. like it helped them with the miscarriages and stuff mm-hmm. so um not only did he help in the production of something that helped with cancers and also pregnancies, he also paved a way for medical revolution in a way because he was able to mass produce an item. And by doing this, he allowed more information to be shared about this particular yeah. item and then like how to do it in general and made important medical products less expensive and also more available to the general public. So um, his techniques. That's and- really cool. Right. So his techniques and products led directly to the development of chemical birth control and medicines to suppress the immune system, which is crucial in performing organ transplants. So like just this little soybean oil that he found out was able to lead the way to so many other breakthroughs that were made in the medical field. That's all like I always think that's one of the coolest things about like science, chemistry, like any one of those. Um technical sort of like skills mm-hmm. is that one small breakthrough can lead to like a million other things yeah because like you there's so many other things that you can do with that and then you have multiple people that help you grow from that you know mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i love the community <laughs> we we support the medical community <laughs> we do we we stay in the medical and scientific community yeah, I mean, the man with two first names came in clutch. And then apparently, like, he had a whole bunch of businesses that he created later on. What? He was yeah. an entrepreneur, too? Yeah, um, like, he helped create other products as well, like, with his, his knowledge of the chemistry and stuff like that. But he had a business, I, I don't remember if it was a medical practice, but he had, like, an establishment um, that he worked from. And then he ended up having two kids, Um one of them was named after him, and the other one was named Faith, which is, like, the cutest name for a little daughter. Like, I'm soft. I have met a couple of Faiths, yeah. And they, they all nice? are nice people. See? Well, what did we learn? Name your daughter's Faith. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Take take after the man with two first names. <laughs> He's had the practice. He knows He's how had to the practice. People. He knows what's going on. Yeah. No. He, he knows what works. He knows what doesn't. <laughs> He's the one to go to. Just send him an email real fast. No, um, a letter. Yeah, it's got to have the wax seal, though, or else he's not going to answer it. He finds the snapping of the wax very satisfying. He told me okay, personally. who wouldn't? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> we should, we we need to get a wax seal and then. I want one so bad. <laughs> use it like twice. <laughs> I want like, but I don't. I don't even have, like, a family seal or anything. You know how some families have, like, family crests? Yes. I don't even have one. So, like, what's the point? I had a teacher who had a family crest. And he was, it's like... the coolest thing ever! He was very proud of it. He was, like, yeah. it's in my castle at home. I was, like, what? 
I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Because he wasn't, he's not from America. So he was like, yeah, we have like, it's in a castle somewhere. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I could totally like probably pay someone to just draw me a family crest. But like, I'll do it for you now. Free. I got you. Thanks. Get you a best friend, y'all. Yeah, just anyone will do, honestly. <laughs> and then they'll draw you your family crest. <laughs> The, the three steps to getting family crest. <laughs> One, find people. Two, become best friends. Three, obtain family crest. There you go. You learn you learn something new every day on Lumi and Fonz. <laughs> we're an educational podcast. That's what we're here for, man. We gotta you got questions about how to get a family crest? We got you. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> You guys are welcome. We got you covered. Okay, Raven and also audience, I'm doing the next segment. I'm taking over and I'm going to be doing Who the F*** Cares, which is a personal favorite of mine, if I'm honest. Um, And I think, Raven, correct me if I'm wrong, but like on the first Who the F*** Cares you did, like, the things that millennials are killing? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know if it was the first one, but it was up there. It was one of them. It was, like, one of the first ones, if not the mm-hmm. first. So I I was like, you know what? That still seems to be a trend that's going on recently for some reason. The news, Look, like, I love killing things. Like, sign me up. No, don't say that on air. <laughs> 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 but, um, like, it's still a trend for people to report on, like, how millennials are murdering this thing. Like I saw one, it was like we're we're getting rid of napkins because we favor we paper are. towels or whatever, which makes no sense. Yeah, don't don't get into it. Um, napkins and paper towels are the same. Thing. No, 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 don't don't get into it. <laughs> you will they have, both clean up messes. Don't you'll have our audience arguing with each other. Don't do it. <laughs> Can we do a Twitter poll? Which one's better? No, we cannot. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that. Um, but so I have a who the f- cares and it's how millennials killed and get this mayonnaise. Look, I love mayonnaise. I didn't kill mayonnaise. Listen, I have a hate love relationship with mayonnaise. I'm the type of person where like, let's talk about how you have a hate love relationship with a condiment. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to get into it. So <laughs> we have a history. We, we have history. Me and mayonnaise, we go way back. Um, but like I can, I can, I can eat it perfectly fine. delicious by itself like no no no. like i just (laughs) in general if it's on my meal i'll eat it like it's no biggie if i see it hear it or smell it i cannot like i will leave the area (laughs) like yo (laughs) i am here to tell you that's crazy (laughs) listen i don't i can't i don't make the rules here man i just like if i see it i'm like ew but here's the distinction here's the distinction Mm -hmm. is it mayonnaise or is it miracle whip because there's a difference oh i can't handle miracle whip either oh you're a baby no it's when i was a kid things happened man (laughs) i got miracle whip in my nose what (laughs) it was in my ears i don't want to get into this but we're gonna talk about (laughs) tell me later we're gonna talk about how millennials killed mayonnaise so you know here we go and i've got to get through this because it's um it's it's a doozy because it oh, was goodness. it was written by a Miss Sandy Hingston. 
And I bet she's a. What do they call them? Gen. Well, what are the ones that hate us? The boomers. Boomers, baby boomers. Yeah. <laughs> well, this article. I listen probably because this article was written a year ago, uh, or almost a year ago. And do you want to know how it starts off? <laughs> How? I write this in the dead of summer. Always a bittersweet season. Why is it why is it we got summers off from school all those years, but don't get summers off from work? But doubly depressing these days when I find myself suffering from picnic panic. <laughs> That's the first thing. Because you know, as we all suffer from picnic panic. Yeah, no. And then, you know, summer's that bittersweet season as as it should be. So then, and it should be. So then, it, you know, I I personally think that she has like experience writing recipes for blogs because, like, you know how when you go to look for a recipe and then like the beginning of it is like my grandfather and I walked the miles and miles of trenches over the mountaintops <laughs> and then trenches were they and, in war what and the world? and on the Thursday night that we finally found a kitchen this is the meal we made together so here's my recipe for lasagna and you're like why <laughs> we finally found a kitchen <laughs> so she continues on and she just talks about like her mom and like how her mom made like this beautiful potato salad and like all of her all of her dishes containing mayonnaise right and how many dishes off. contain mayonnaise? She's got deviled eggs on here, potato salad, um, macaroni salad, and chicken salad. Those are the four that she's. That Why she's is she labeled. eating so much salad? Waldorf salad. Um, and then she Waldorf goes. Salad is gross. <laughs> <laughs> then she says, "I was forced to face the facts. The family's taste <laughs> had changed." <laughs> I love that alliteration, though. I was forced to face the facts. <laughs> And then she goes on, or rather, our family had changed. Oldsters were dying off. Done. Done. (laughs) Oldsters were dying off, and the youngins taking our places in the paper plate line were different somehow. So then she continues, and she has had like (laughs) traumatic, like PTSD. Yes. Then she. She compares mayo. She says, good old mayo has become the Taylor Swift of condiments. I don't know what beef Sandy has with Taylor Swift, but here we are. So Right? Like, <laughs> Taylor doesn't deserve that nonsense. Like, I mean, at least not to mayonnaise. Like, I don't understand. So she goes on and talks about how her mother was a Luthanian uh, immigrant and how she f- created the the recipes out of like sticks and the the british isles and stuff and so what? she like yeah no it's it listen <laughs> listen <laughs> i don't know i don't know so then she then she starts mentioning like the holocaust and the great depression what yes. <laughs> and you're like why and then in the same in the same paragraph she's like but then you slathered mayonnaise on everything from BLTs to burgers to pastrami on rye. And then it's just, I don't know. So then I'm going to read you my favorite paragraph, okay? Okay, I'm ready. I'm so ready. <clears throat> What's her name? Sandy. Karen? No, it's Sandy. <laughs> you were so close. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> my son, Jake, who's 25, eats oh, mayo. He's a practical young man who works on computers and adores macaroni salad. He's a good son. I also have a daughter. She was a woman's and gender studies major in college. Naturally, she loathes mayonnaise. <laughs> and she's not alone. Ask the young people you know of their opinion of mayo, and you'll be shocked by the depths of their emotion. Oh, there's the occasional outlier, like Jake, 
But for the most part, today's youth would sooner get their news from an actual newspaper than ingest mayonnaise. (laughs) Who hurt her? (laughs) Her family, because her family's changed. (laughs) My favorite, listen, I did not read this whole article because it would have given me an aneurysm. But my favorite thing is she mentions her son and how much she loves him. And then she goes on to her daughter and is like, brings up her major in college, which was women's and gender studies. And then she goes, naturally, she loads mayonnaise. <laughs> right? Like, what are you saying about one, <laughs> yourself, because you are a woman? <laughs> oh Two, goodness. your child, you clearly are a terrible mother. <laughs> Three, <laughs> like, there's just so much here. There's just this, so this, much to unpack here. This article goes on and on and on, Raven, like... <laughs> One of these days, when we when we are like half asleep on the phone, I'm going to read you this whole thing, and you're not going to know what I'm talking about until I start talking about the Holocaust, and then BLTs in the same paragraph, and you'll go, ah, it's Sandy. It's but- Sandy. <laughs> like I'm low key mad that she has the same name as SpongeBob's best friend. Like, yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't Listen, deserve the name like Sandy. Like I, I just, oh my I'm just trying to figure out like. I don't know. You know, okay, so I have a theory. Okay. My theory is that, like, some people just don't want to deal with the world. So they choose these little baby things to get upset about instead of, like, the actual things to get upset about (laughs) because they just don't want it. They don't want to go there. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to deal with it. So they get upset about things like mayonnaise because mayonnaise is an easy thing to get upset about. You know what? Wait until she sees what mayo chup is. Ooh. <laughs> what in the world is that? And don't tell me. I'm just kidding. I didn't need to know. It's it's a Heinz <laughs> nope, don't product. Tell me, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's a Heinz product with ketchup mixed with mayonnaise. There you go. <laughs> Find it at your local food store. <laughs> But that was well, this podcast is over because she told me what it was. Bye. You're folks. welcome. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was Sandy um, on her stance on how her family now hates Mayo and probably also her. Um, probably thank you for coming to my TED talk. And that has been who the f- cares. I just I can't with her. <laughs> Listen, Sandy, I love her. <laughs> I do. No, no Sandy. <laughs> I know I just it has to be it. She just has to be not. She just doesn't want to think about the world. That's it. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I, man. Ha- like, I have to go with that because, like, otherwise, there's just so many other things that you could spend your time writing an article on. Because obviously, you spend time on this. Like, I get it. It's yeah. your own family, but you still had to look up some details. You know, you had to. You had to call some folks. Yeah, she had some research, like, on the last parts of the paragraph. You had to do some things for this. You could have put so much time into anything else. Nah, mayonnaise. She's got to explain how millennials are carrying mayonnaise. What's the point of her living if she doesn't? Like, I don't understand. I just... I'm... I feel so sorry for her daughter. (laughs) Like and for her women, son. The women's and gender studies. The women's studies and gender major. studies daughter. Did she even get named? No. <laughs> wow. No, she did not. Jake Jake got a name. <laughs> Jake from State Farm got named. And the she Jake, didn't? Jake the 25-year-old got named. <laughs> she, however, did not. She's the she's the women's and gender you know studies what? daughter. 
more power to you, women and women and gender studies, daughter. This one's for you. Yeah, I'm I'm down with this. Good good for you. You deserve this. Because <laughs> clearly, no one in your family appreciates you. Goodness. Oh, well, there you have it. <laughs> Hey, Alana. Hey, what's up? Do you know what's really great about modern times? You know, like living in 2019, peak 2019 living. Do you know what that Um, is? No. Uh, Is it having access to everything all the time? No, it's not dying from childhood disease. Or losing a child. Or a sibling. Or a relative. Or a friend. Who does something like the measles. Or rubella. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's fair. I would say that's a pretty good, like, that's a more cool, right? good zone for 2019. For 2019, like, let's not lose our family members. Right? Yeah. Right. So the man that you have to thank for that is microbiologist Maurice Hillman. So Hillman is this really cool dude. He was born in Montana in 1919. His life was insignificant. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, that's just rude. Well, you know, I mean, it was a normal life. He did what he got to do. But he got his PhD in microbiology from the University of Chicago in 1944. So after graduating, he went to work as a researcher at ER Squibb and Sons, which I think is an awesome name. Squibb. And we should, that... We should, okay, wait, wait, wait. We should change our podcast name to Squibb and Sons. No, we definitely should. Especially because it's like a nod to Harry Potter. So people might think we're a Harry Potter hop- podcast, but like we're not. It's fine. Oh gosh. False advertisement. I, hey, I'm here for it. I am not. So um, he started working as a researcher. And that is where he developed his first vaccine, which was used to prevent, um, not prevent, to protect American troops from the Japanese bee encephalitis virus which was, like, wiping out Americans, like, nobody's business. Absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah, it was, around that time, it was, um, it was wiping out a lot of people, and because, well, like, disease was never really, it's not like people didn't know what it was, but, like, widespread quick disease wasn't really a thing yet, right. until, like, you know, now. <laughs> so. Yeah. So um, Hillman then went on to work at what is now Merck & Co., which, again, great name. I love these names. Where he developed or improved around 40 different vaccinations. Like, that's amazing. Like Look he at worked this on man go. Literally. So um, this includes vaccinations for the chicken pox, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, the measles, meningitis, mumps, and rubella. Out of the 14 vaccinations that are recommended for children today, nine of them were developed by Hillman. According to the New York Times, he saved more lives than any other scientist in the 20th century. But here's the kicker. Do you want to know what it is? I do want to know. He was never awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, although he pretty much deserved it. So what I'm hearing is we have to get this man the Nobel Prize. <laughs> no, no, we definitely do. <laughs> like, by law. So instead, 
something rather unusual happened in 1998, towards the end of Hillman's life. A respected medical journal, The Lancet, published an article by Dr. Andrew Wakefield, who said that the rise in prevalence of autism was caused by Hillman's MMR, which was a vaccination for meningitis, mumps, and rubella that combined what used to be six shots into just two shots. So instead of getting the Nobel Peace Prize for saving tens of millions of lives, he gets hate mail for causing the rise in autism. So, and, and that's just life be. Years, somehow that's, you know, you know, life just be like that, you know. You don't get what you deserve sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and then you know what happened to good Sometimes people. you do. And then yeah. sometimes you do get you what you deserve because in the years since that article was published, it has been widely discredited because there's absolutely no evidence of a link between vaccinations and autism. So the Lancet has since retracted the article. And in 2010, Wakefield was stripped of his medical license. I mean, the damage was already really, really done. Yeah, but like his his image was already kind of ruined. He got what he deserved for oh, ruining yeah. the dude's life. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, pretty unfortunate that he never got what he deserved. Um, but apparently he was this really caring guy. Um, one of his friends, whose last name is Fauci. Or Fauci. That could be either. I like, but, I like um, Fauci. Fauci? I, think, I feel I like that's Fauci. like an F-E-A-U, you know? And that's mm-hmm. more French, but this kind of looks Italian. A Fauci. And you got to do like the little handshake. Yeah, Fauci. Yeah, yeah. A Fauci. Anyways, he said <laughs> that he didn't really care at all about the fame. He said the only thing he really cared about was saving the lives of children and he was amazing you had to know the guy to know that's the way he felt so um that was one of Hillman's longtime friends and I think that's you know what your friends say about you like after you pass I think is pretty important because you know yeah. like, especially like your longtime close friends because they know it's it's really a representation of who you are so and it's really cool that this person who did all of these amazing things for you know, people he would never meet, like, genuinely felt that way, like, genuinely wanted to help people. It wasn't just, like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes stuff is just, like, like, in the scientific community, sometimes people just want to, like, discover things, you know? Just for the heck of it. Yeah. Or so, like, you know, like, penicillin was an accident. Like, penicillin should not have been an accident. (laughs) That should have been, like, a goal. (laughs) Especially with how much penicillin has helped us. Like, I'm glad it was an accident. Like, obviously, I'm glad it happened. But I shouldn't have happened the way it did. Yeah. I just think it's really really cool to have someone dedicated to their craft and something that they're good at. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's why me and Maurice are chill. I want to be Maurice's best friend and give him the Nobel Prize that he deserves. I really do. I wish that they had, like, you know, they do it sometimes when people who are dead. Yeah. You know? But with all the controversy, like, I can kind of understand why they would stay away from that. I mean, the thing is, is like, okay, so you've got this, like, high and mighty article, like, new- newspaper magazine thingy that, like, published the article. Like, do you, why didn't they do their research? <laughs> and, like, well, go talk to... So for you to get published, you have to be peer-reviewed. Like... I'm sure they did do their research. I'm just sure, like, the research they did was, like, peer-reviewed by people who felt the same way, you know? 
that I there's so many like loops that you had to jump through to get there and none of them were the right loops like I don't understand <laughs> like I don't know but I I'm I'm really hurt that this man's legacy was kind of yeah because like, he did he helped literally still helping people like, right? like you can't go to college without getting a meningitis vaccinated like it hasn't stopped <laughs> so like i'm glad that his research and his dedication have like helped us past his life you know because mm-hmm. sometimes people's accomplishments like stop with their life and that's not cool especially when it's something as great as this and something right. that helps as many people as this I'm glad that he was able to get as many as he could out before he died or like before he wasn't able to. Because clearly he was like really skilled, right? Yeah. Like clearly this was his field. This was his field. And he like 40 different vaccinations. Like that's 40 different diseases that, that can be helped to like prevent. Like that's awesome. Especially with all of the diseases that are out now i feel like there are new ones coming up and like the fact that like because he did what he did it laid the groundwork for the future yeah so So people can base their work off of it yeah exactly and i know there's like a lot of controversy about vaccinations or whatever but kind of how i feel and i think mr hillman did a really great job yeah, I, I agree. Life. I feel like even if you are against vaccinations, like you have to sit there and recognize the fact that this man like saved millions upon millions of lives. Like yeah. you can't you can't just sit there and ignore that fact, you know? So Well, you can. You can, you shouldn't. It's and wrong. people do. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But anyways, that's Maurice Hellman. Really, really great dude. Saved a lot of people. Really smart microbiologist, American. Oh, is that on his uh his resume? <laughs> yeah, that's his resume. That's the uh, little description part. Okay. I just made him a mess. I just made him a resume. No big deal. No big deal. He now he can apply to places. Raven, I'm pretty sure he's so he's so appreciative. He for is your... turning over in his grave right now. He is elated. <laughs> he's like, yes, ghost work. <laughs> Ghost work. I'm really gonna get hired because it says American. Period. <laughs> I'm gonna get a Subaru. I'm gonna get a Subaru. Well, thank you for for telling me about the person who helped create the vaccinations because, like, I had no idea where they had come from. I thought it. I thought like penicillin. They were all just like, oops, based you know. off of like, yeah, you because penicillin's like the big thing that you learn about. Like, it was an accident. It was this big crazy thing. Like, what about all the other really like really helpful vaccine vaccines that like people worked really hard to create right and didn't just happen upon it because they left out some petri dishes well listen this is why this is why we do this podcast to keep people informed on the different types of vaccinations there are and who did them do you like breakfast breakfast i sure do have you ever like walked into a bagel shop saw some crazy dude get tackled 
and then walk out with some bagels. Yeah, it's my normal Tuesday. Yo, well, it was this person's normal Thursday. Ah, so guess the day right, (laughs) right? So So close. This week on humans. No God. We have this random man yelling in a bagel shop about women reacting to him being short. Okay. Um. No, it's the man that we're that we're that's on trial oh, yeah. here, right? Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is so this this, this is about the women? <laughs> like, I like this man is still yet to be named. Like oh, it happened last week. Yeah, last week, and this video has gone viral. So it it happened on like a Thursday, I think. Um, and this man just goes into a bagel shop, and he was oh, I'm excuse me, my apologies. It was a Wednesday, so you were s- oh, closer. I was even closer. So he walks into this bagel shop in New York, and. He starts like mumbling, like people are working day disorder, and he starts like mumbling about stuff. And everyone's like, "What is wrong with you?" And like the person finally like starts like asking, "They're like, are you okay?" Like, and he's like, "No, I just want you to get my food. Like, you're not working fast enough." Like, he starts saying all these degrading comments to the women who are working, like Mm -hmm. out of nowhere, like just literally apropos of nothing. The person who took the video. Olivia Bradley, she is heard on the on the video like asking like why do you think it's okay to degrade women and like speaking about the women at the you know at the place mm-hmm. and he was like degrade why is it okay for women to say oh you're five feet on dating sites you should be dead that was so, his response so he just pulled that out of nowhere <laughs> pulled it out of nowhere where like he like, was okay. angry let's 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 examine this really fast like so then he like he snaps <laughs> he throws the newspaper on the floor and goes is that okay <laughs> he starts going off he's not making a better case for himself like i was i was just gonna say that like if you're saying that to anybody like oh you're such and such like go die that's not cool don't do that but like i mean no also it's not, there's it's a better cool way to react <laughs> but there is a better way to react yeah goodness so so then bradley asked him the question who said that to you here nobody because <laughs> apparently bradley's here to snap back yeah and no, we're here bradley, for her. she's bradley olivia bradley the win. yeah so then he continues saying women in general have said it on dating sites you think i'm making that s word up the man yells and then everywhere i go i get the same F word smirk with the biting lip. So he just starts like cursing everyone out and starts like doing all these things. And all the customers are like, dude, calm down. I just want to eat our bagels. (laughs) Literally calm down. And the other one's like, shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boss. Like these are actual quotes. I'm reading this directly. Um, sir, I'm I'm here to tell you I saw the video. I am your boss. You're no longer (laughs) a partner with us. Goodbye. Like goodbye. (laughs) So, and then the other customers are trying to, like, they're, like, do you want to step outside? Like, just calm down. And the dude's, like, trying to fight them, like, saying, like, I'm not scared of you and all this. And literally in the video, my favorite part of this whole article 
in the video, you can hear her friend in the background going, oh my God, I just wanted bagels. That's me. I'm the friend. <laughs> I feel that. Whoever said that, girl, I get you. <laughs> I would have said the exact same thing. <laughs> so then he's like, huh, I'm not scared of you, pal. So then he tells a different customer to like shut up and do all this. And then a man tackles him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot that was part of this story. Right? Yeah. So he basically was like just on a whole rampage. And later, like uh the um they interviewed the employees and stuff, and they were talking about how they were like really grateful that it didn't like escalate yeah because um they got him to like leave the restaurant and the police were called and they were like talking to him outside and like trying to de-escalate the situation but um they were all like really scared because you never know how crazy people are these days right which is which is valid like that's a valid fear to have especially if you're a worker and like your your hands are kind of tied you know so yeah good on that so so after this live video, like it was taken down, but then it was like repo. You know how things happen. Like, you know how they get down, but it's going to re- be reposted. Yeah. So a second video showed the man continuing to yell to patrons after the first video ended, and after after the employee like tackled him to the ground, one of the employees like hands him his food. And he's like, "Hey, have a great day." Oh, you know, as a good employee does. Ass. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. But- you know. <laughs> There was attitude in that handle. There was I'm attitude. Sure of it. Like, Have a great day. <laughs> so the man's day. still furious. He throws the food on the floor, yells, F your effing breakfast. <laughs> he then returns to pick up his food and then continues to scream at the employees before storming out. He is a baby. That's what we've learned from this article. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So this was, I'm over here, like, the police, like, according to Suffolk County Police, they responded to a fight. But I'm over here, like, really upset that this fight happened at 9.20 in the morning. Yeah, like, it couldn't have been, like, Like, evening. 9.20 in the morning, fam? Like, what are you mad about at 9.20 in the morning? His dating app where girls call him short and then do the biting lip smirk. So, like, this video is so, like, widespread over Twitter that it got Chrissy Teigen's attention. Oh, gosh. What did she have to say about it? You know Chrissy Teigen has something to say about it. (laughs) She tweeted back, um, a this could be the one thing that drags me out of my house. Where do I need to post up with my camping chair? <laughs> you know what? I feel like it would have been fun to, like, watch, but also, like, very uncomfortable. Like, I'm... Oh, yeah. I'd be the one in the back going, I just wanted some bagels. Right? Like... Oh, I man. didn't need to see all this. But, yeah, that's our human of the week. Um, still sucks. to be unnamed person. I wish he had a name so we could just slander it. I know, too, so I could slander it. But geez. No. The law is going to come after us. <laughs> no, not the FBI. The whole law. But yeah, so obviously, you know, something had his panties twisted. It was those messages don't know if it was, telling you. Don't know if it was the bagels <laughs> being called short. I don't know. I get called short a lot. I don't do that to people about it, but you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, Raven, you're short. Here's your back. Here's your breakfast. Here's your breakfast. <laughs> Have a nice day. Have a nice day. But yeah, that's my uh, human.
Well, he sucks, Mr. Anonymous. <laughs> Mr. Anonymous, yeah. I hope his name comes out. If it does, listeners, let us know. Let us know. I will talk so much about him. <laughs> <laughs> Raven, we have reached the last segment of the whole episode. Can you believe don't it? Don't tell me that. Don't Can tell you me that. Can you no, believe it? Can you believe it? I can't. We've done don't it. tell me. We've done it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Oh, okay. Well then, um, here's here's our social medias. Um, talk uh, to we're C- just gonna skip it. No, I wanted it to not be the end of the episode. I didn't want oh. to skip it to the end of the episode. You dork. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, you don't want to hear about the the man I have to talk about? Okay. Um, So, I'm a nerd, and I like the video games, you know what I mean? And you don't have to be a nerd to like the video game. So, I have video game-themed puns. Raven, are you excited? I am so excited. You don't sound very excited. That's because I'm not. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So here's here's the first one. I was really trying to come up with good Animal Crossing puns, but I just gave up and turned over a new leaf. Do you get it? Barely. It's because Animal Crossing New Leaf is a game. And so when you turn over a new leaf, you're starting your whole life over. Just like you do in Animal Crossing. But, um... <laughs> you're a mess. <laughs> I hope I sounded as dead inside as I felt. <laughs> You're an entire mess. <laughs> the second one. <laughs> the second like, one is where are the paper towers? <laughs> the paper towels. <laughs> the second one is just as bad. I wonder if kids in the Pokemon universe have to read the gate the great ghastly in high school. Okay. Because Gaspers are Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And mm-hmm. and the Great uh, Gaspers yeah, is yeah, a popular yeah, novel written it. by Scott Fitzgerald. Uh huh. I got there. Cool. So, <laughs> so listeners, so done with and, you. and also Raven. Here, here we go. I've got this. Listen, are you ready? Here we go. So, I'm going to be talking about someone who who revolutionized the gaming industry so let's throw back to an old episode really fast and raven you'll probably remember this because you made it into a whole thing oh did i okay yes (laughs) imagine you're a child (laughs) do you remember that no what it was i think it was during the technology days or the technology one and i was like Go back to your old days when your parents told you not to stand in front of the microwave and you were like, oh, go back to my old days. Like you, you bullied me over it for a good 30 minutes. <laughs> my old days. That sounds like something I would do though. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So imagine you're a child. Okay. Close your eyes. Imagine you're a child. Close them. Are you closed? No. Are you imagining? <laughs> oh. Well, at least imagine that you're a child. Listeners, you too. Okay. You, you just got this new game console and you're like, heck Yeah. Because your parent was next to you and you were not allowed to say the H word. Um, Can I just and- say that you said, <laughs> like, I love how you didn't say parents. <laughs> just your the parent. One. Just the one. 
Just the one. Just the, the one was parents, right next to you. No, 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 because the other parents, like, really chill with it. But, like, this okay. one, this one, Just you can't one. say the H word. They'll be so sad <laughs> and disappointed um, in you. Unless, of course, you live in a household where some curse words aren't considered curse words. Don't talk to me. Anyways, so the more the more you play this game console that you just got, Raven, um, the more... <laughs> The more you gotta start blowing on stuff, you know what I mean? Like what? I'm talking, I'm talking cartridges, the slot it goes into, and if you had any kind of Nintendo product, you gotta blow on the L and R buttons. And when they when they were like faulting, like you were just blowing on everything to get it to work, right? And I, I know you're, I know you're probably asking Raven, why am I rambling on about video games? Right? I'm trying to figure out why you were blowing on stuff. It was like. <laughs> I, like, can we talk can about why your stuff was always breaking? Like, <laughs> the only way I can describe it is like tradition, like word of mouth. Like, oh, if it's breaking, just blow on it, or not even just breaking, but like if you put in a cartridge and it wouldn't load, you took out the cartridge and blew in it, and then put it back in and it would load. So, I, don't I mean, know. but do you know why? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's because of the dust. Well, the more you know. Anyways, so. I know you're asking why am I rambling on about video games, and it's because we're going to be talking about a man who helped bring those days of blowing on our games to life. Wow. His name was Jerry Lawson. And, Very cool. Right? Like, man, he, he, was, he was a son of the law. <laughs> he was not, okay. but. <laughs> so he was, the, he was the one to develop the first in-home console, um, and it was called get ready for this it was called the Fairchild channel f console <laughs> is that you yeah with four different names and just yeah. a letter in the middle yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay it. cool <laughs> that's me nice so with this new invention uh jerry was the first to innovate the use of the interchangeable cartridges in consumer gaming consoles and basically what this did is it changed the landscape of the gaming industry as we currently now know it. So gaming is so popular in recent years. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, like without a doubt, like everybody is in gaming. Um, not only because we get the opportunity to play something that is a new experience to us and sometimes we have to or sometimes we get to have control over it, but also because of how available it is to us. Like if you think about it, we have games in our homes in our pockets with our phones like and then like with the new switch the switch is portable so like you have you have games everywhere um and gaming in general is built on this principle of consumer flexibility which is basically like being able to play video games comfortably in your home or on the go which is honestly why it grew onto such a big scale yeah probably so uh though his console the fairview channel f console (laughs) I love it. I love it too. It it makes me so happy. <laughs> Even like though what? Like you couldn't have chosen a less marketable name. Like well, okay, that's what I'm I love gonna, about it. I'm gonna explain why it's that name. <laughs> so there's like a reason behind it, but it's so long. So like, hey, though, mom, can I get a blah 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 blah? <laughs> no, no, the name's too long. It's too long. <laughs> We're not interested. Thank you though. <laughs> you lost me. Yeah, hey mom. <laughs> you lost me at S, okay? Um so even though this console didn't get the line the light shown on it like every other popular consoles, like 
from Nintendo, from Sega, and from like Atari, it still influenced a lot of the progress that's being made in present day. So I'll tell you a little bit about Jerry Lawson himself. So he grew up in Queens with, I thought I wrote with no parents, and I was like, that's not right. He grew up in Queens with parents, for sure. (laughs) Parents were involved in the raising of him. (laughs) I promise you the parents were present. Um, It wasn't just No child was harmed in the making of this podcast. (laughs) No child was harmed in the explanation of Jerry Lawson's life. Um, (laughs) So he grew up in Queens with parents who encouraged him to follow what basically grabbed his attention. Um, They really wanted him to do well in school. And his mother even joined the PTA as their president while he was still in grade school, which is a big accomplishment because at the time, like, this is during the, this is during, like, the times of, like, segregation is still very present or just, like, things are, things are a little bit odd. Like, they're, they're tense. <laughs> so to have, like, a black woman on the PTA is, like, yeah, it's, it's a wild. thing. So... Um, his mother tried to have her son see George Washington Carver um, as a role model. And in a way, it sort of worked. Jerry said in an interview, now the point I'm getting at is I want to be, or sorry, he says in an interview, now the point I'm getting at is this kind of influence is what led me to feel. I want to be a scientist. I want to be something. So like, this influence that his parents pushed on him, specifically like his mom and stuff, like really helped helped him progress into the person that he was going to become, which I think is super cool. Like it just shows that like role models definitely have an impact on who you are as a person. So be careful who you look up to. I mean, this I'm always careful about who I look up to, mostly because I'm a shorty, so it's everyone. Oh gosh. Well, then you, yeah, <laughs> you shorty. So, okay, uh, gigantic chist. I can't even make a joke because I'm that mad. Because you're that short. <laughs> listen, listen here. No, you've had your tries. So <laughs> cut off your legs, and what would you be? Nothing. <laughs> still, probably still taller than you. Ha ha. Nope. Yes, my I upper know. half is taller than my lower half, so <laughs> I measure. I made sure of it. Um, so <laughs> back to Jerry Lawson. Oh, so yeah, later, Jerry Lawson. Later, he threw himself into the world of electronics and engineering, and eventually he pursued engineering as a major in college, and he ended up going to Queens College and CCNY. And though he went there, he didn't quite graduate with a degree from either place, but later in life, he ended up getting a job with Fairchild, hence Fairchild Channel 4 console. So, I forgot the name of it. (laughs) I struggled my way through it. (laughs) So, it was at this establishment that that Jerry Lawson was able to develop the prototype for the gaming console that would soon revolutionize everything. Um, And the fact that this console was an at-home gaming console wasn't the big part of this. It was the cartridge ports themselves. So, he... um, he said in another interview, we were afraid. Uh, we didn't have statistics on multiple insertion and what it would do and how we would do it because mm-hmm. it wasn't done. I mean, think about it. Nobody had the capability of plugging in memory devices in mass quantity like a, like in a consumer product. Nobody. 
So like they had to figure out for months on how they were going to get these little memory cartridges to not only work in this device, but have it keep separate from the other cartridges and all the little details and stuff. So eventually, though, uh, we now know that his work was something extraordinary. And it's it's definitely something that's very wonderful and helpful and is definitely implemented in today's everyday gaming. Like, it's very rare that you don't uh, that you don't find a, a console or yeah, no, uh, a handheld have, device like, cartridges and stuff. Right, like even the even the Switch, which is a newer like device, has. I mean, cartridges. yeah, like they even have those little SIM card things. Mm-hmm. So it's it. They've just become smaller and more high tech, but they're still the same principle. The same thing. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, kind of like what I said there. before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. Like when you can build off of other people's like work, and it's not like you know, not like evilly. <laughs> like don't yeah. steal people's work. I did this you know using other people's inspiration to help inspire yourself it's cool right you know it's it's definitely really awesome and I'm really glad I'm I'm sad that the Fairchild Channel 4 didn't uh oh console sorry I left off a word um I'm I'm kind of sad that it didn't take off but I see why (laughs) with this unmarketable name they should have just called it like the Fairchild that would have been fine that or like the Still FC, or like the FC four or something like that. Like, no, nah, that implies that there were three others before, <laughs> and there weren't. The FC four C. There you go. The you FC four C. You don't know right? any of it. Now I feel like I'm buying medication. <laughs> like, what is? <laughs> like, what is this? I'm at the bank talking about APR. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> am I getting a loan? What is, I don't know. You don't need to know. It's fine. Just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you have, like, billionaires, like, trying to invest in stocks, and they're like, oh, the FC4C, what is this? And then you, the get, delivered, you get delivered a gaming console to your house, and then you're like, what the heck? <laughs> I thought I was buying stocks. What? I did not mean for this to happen. Man, I hate it when you're buying stocks and accidentally purchase a whole gaming console. <laughs> Super relatable, am I right, fellas? Super relatable. Just <laughs> wait, what is it? Just uh, just just stockbroker thing. Think, yeah, stockbroker. <laughs> I was like, what do we go with? <laughs> just um, just, just, just stockbroker things. things. Oh goodness. Oh my goodness. Well. And that's that's all I have, and I'm I'm Raven. I'm I'm really sad to say that I think this is the end of the episode. I tried to end it a whole like fifteen well, minutes ago, and you told me no. So well, um, well, you started the episode with saying that it was the end of the episode because you weren't happy with the fact that it was ending. So I wasn't, and I'm. Still I thought happy. I would just speed it. So along. here we are. <laughs> here we are with me still sad. Honestly, same. I'm. I always get really sad whenever we end the episodes because yeah, like, episodes I love, are fun. I love doing this. Like this is, this gives me like things to do during my week. Like, <laughs> so the fact that I have to end it just makes me so sad. But it's okay. But hey, there's gonna mm-hmm. be an episode next week. There sure will be. Um, let's see. When is when is when is that coming out? That's gonna be coming really out on the twenty sixth. You better look for that. I did. Wow. I had to I see how I show. appreciate 
complicated in this relationship. <laughs> I had to put on a show for the for the listeners. Made it seem like I didn't know what day it was. <laughs> Wink. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, you know what, Raven? We messed up last week. We didn't give them a hashtag to, to talk oh, to us through. That's horrible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. <laughs> I was going to be like, hashtag just history things. Um, <laughs> but no, that's probably like a real hashtag. Send us your memes. <laughs> Send us your memes. <laughs> Please. Send us your history memes. We beg memes. you. Oh my history God. memes are hilarious. Don't specifically, even get me Specifically your Julius Caesar ones, because I find those the most funny. No, um, Julius Caesar, George Washington memes. Oh, God. Oh, the George Washington my ones. My gosh. They're so funny. We still have I'm not like, come up with this hashtag. <laughs> George Washington, man. Um, <laughs> hashtag George Washington. <laughs> hashtag George Washington. Uh, no, how about we do LAF? LAF. Why don't we just do LAF history? Okay. Yeah. LAF history. Hit us up with that hashtag on the Twitters. Our Ignore Twitter all the is. other hashtags we said before that. <laughs> no, put them all in the same post and we'll find it somehow. Um, <laughs> We'll get there. It's, we'll get it's there. It's about a meeting of the minds. We'll get there. Um, so, yeah, you can use that hashtag on our Twitter, which is at LumiFonts. Can you use hashtags on Instagram? I feel like I've asked this question before. Um, yes, you can. So use the hashtag on Instagram, too, maybe. And our Instagram is at LumiFonts. And we also have a pretty spicy email that we use to collect your guys' thoughts. Just kidding. We don't collect anything. But... We use it to read your guys' thoughts and oh my gosh. listen to your suggestions and what you want to hear and see and inter- inter- interact with. And if you're <laughs> really lucky, we'll respond by telling your future. Ooh, Ooh we're spooky like that. It's because we, uh, it's because we're we're eldritch beings. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't ask questions about it. We won't answer you. Um, we're not allowed. We're not allowed. But. Yeah, I mean, oh, I didn't give them the email. It's at it's lumiafons at gmail dot com. Whoop 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 whoop. And I think I think that's it. Um, that is it. Um, we've got some upcoming projects in the work, and by upcoming projects, I just mean one because I was like projects. Um, just uh, just did the I one. Miss a meeting? Yeah, <laughs> you did. Sorry. <laughs> that you clearly had by yourself because there's yes. only two of us. I, I sat in front of the mirror and was like, this is what we're doing next. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Raven doesn't need to know. Um, no, but we've got an upcoming project in the side works for you guys. So just keep your ears out. We'll, I'll, I'll probably mention something about it when I remember. Um, <laughs> Once and... again, where are the paper towels? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. We will talk to you guys next week. You guys, um, you'll you'll hear us later. We'll hear you later. Well, we won't hear you. You'll I'm hear done. us. Bye. Bye. Bye.